Back in 2014, the law changed for how much prime contractors can subcontract under small business set-asides. But because the Federal Acquisition Regulation Council never got around to updating the FAR, its rules have differed from those of the Small Business Administration. Finally, that situation is almost rectified. We get details from Washington Procurement Attorney Joseph Petrillo of Petrillo and Powell. And Joe, sounds like some old, long-needed housekeeping is finally happening. Tell us what the details are. Okay. Well, the story actually begins even earlier, back in uh, the Jan- January of 2013, when Congress tinkered with the um, small business size rules. Uh, they were changing how much of a, of a set-aside contract a contractor could uh, subcontract. And uh, SBA implemented that change in its regulations in the middle of 2014, but the federal acquisition regulation, the FAR, was never changed, and it continues to have the old rules in its contract clauses, creating lots of confusion and, and uncertainty. Uh, this month, there have been two developments in, in, in December. First of all, the FAR Council issued its long-awaited proposed rule that's going to make the FAR consistent with the SBA regulations. Uh, but DOD went even further. They wanted to implement those regulations uh, immediately. And so they issued a a bunch of new contract clauses, which do that for DOD contracts, using a device called a class deviation, which allows the rules to become effective immediately. So the problem has been fixed pretty much for DOD, um, although that has to be implemented in its various contracts and solicitations. Uh, but still uh, on the way to being fixed, at least in the civilian agencies. Isn't it better to have a new rule in the FAR or DFAR than it is to have a class deviation? Because a class deviation can go away. Absolutely right. Uh, I'm I'm surprised that neither entity has used uh, a a method to get things done more quickly, uh, which is to issue an interim rule that's effective immediately with a uh, an issue, a, a period for notice and comment so that people can, in fact, comment on the regulation and it can be changed. But neither went that direction. And, and what we've got uh, is um, uh, the beginning of an implement of a full implementation of of some new rules that are going to have some important effects on small business uh, subcontracting. And before we get to the details of those rules, I wanted to ask you, what have contractors been doing until now? Debate and dispute about that. Uh, people have been, some people have been following the SBA rules. Some people have been following the FAR rules. Uh, there have actually been lawyers who counsel clients to follow both sets of rules, which can be extremely uh, burdensome. Uh, we don't have any definitive judicial or administrative guidance on how to rectify the situation, and that's why it's best to get it changed immediately. And with two sets of rules, could that affect the protest situation, which we often talk about? Well, it's uh, created a lot of uncertainty. There's been no definitive judicial or administrative guidance on what to do in terms of the observing which set of rules. And there are even some lawyers who counsel their clients to observe both sets of rules, which can be very burdensome. All right. And uh, let's go into what some of the rules are now. How did the change in size regulations for the small businesses that qualify under set-asides, how did that change in respect to the subcontracting rule? Sure. So these rules apply to um, how much you can subcontract in a regular uh, set-aside, and there the rules apply over the 
simplified acquisition threshold of $150,000 for most contracts. And then for a variety of socioeconomic contracts, the rules apply regardless of dollar amount. There we're talking about service disabled, veteran-owned concerns, hub-zone concerns, and uh, woman-owned concerns that get, uh, as well as 8A concerns that are all getting uh, small business preference uh, contracts. Uh, The new rules uh, apply to the percentage of subcontracting, and those percentages stay the same. 50% 50% for supply and service contracts and 85 to 75% for construction. And those are the maximum amount of subcontracting that, that can occur, but there are two important changes. First, the old rules computed uh, whether you met that percentage by looking only at the labor portion of performance. The new rules, however, use uh, the percentage of the total contract and subcontract value, which is a lot easier to determine. Uh, However, in the case of supply contracts, they still disregard the cost of material. So that's the first uh, change. The second change in the the new rules are that uh, subcontracts to similarly situated entities don't count toward the limit. So if you have an 8A set aside and the prime subcontracts some work to another 8A, that work doesn't count toward the maximum percentage limit for subcontracting. And those are two very important changes uh, to the rules. We're speaking with Joseph Petrillo, an attorney with Petrillo and Powell of Washington. So if a prime, which is small, 8A, subcontracts to another 8A, that does not count toward their percentage of subcontracting. So wouldn't that therefore mean that there's less available to subcontract to a larger business? Well, no, because the, the amount would still would still be a potential 50% maximum. Uh, and I do need to add that when you're using this similarly situated entity rule, that entity is itself subject to this percentage limitation so that they can't just act as a pass-through to a large business. What's the practical effect of all of this? The new rules now are going to finally apply immediately to DOD contracts without any conflict. Both the SBA and DOD rules will be the same as soon as the uh, DOD contracts are uh, amended to include the new clauses. For civilian agencies, we still have this conflict, but there's a proposed regulation, and when it's finalized, that conflict will end. Interestingly, SBA has already issued a proposed change to the regulations they issued in 2014. So unless the FAR Council moves very quickly, uh, they're going to be two cycles behind in terms of updating their regulations to reflect the new SBA rules. So more work to do. I guess my question really is, does this allow for greater flexibility in subcontracting or less? Oh, absolutely greater. First of all, the idea of of being able to use similarly situated concerns means you can subcontract out more work as long as you're doing uh, some of it to the same type of entity and and not have to worry about hitting the percentage limitation. Um, And of course, it's just easier to keep track of total dollar amount than to try to get your subcontractors to report the cost of labor. And can a similar entity be a different type of set-aside? That is to say, if you are an 8A, can you subcontract to a hub zone or a woman-owned or something other than the basic one that you are, as long as it's a set-aside qualified? That's a good point. That is not permitted. If you're talking about an 8A set-aside or a hub zone set-aside, the subcontract has to be to an 8A or a hub zone and the same type of program as the prime contract was awarded under.
So hub zone only to hub zone for this rule, 8A only to 8A, service disabled veteran only to service disabled veteran. Exactly. You have to keep it in the same type of, of program. I think the theory there being we want the benefits of this program to flow primarily to companies that are qualified for that program. Joseph Petrillo is an attorney with Petrillo and Powell. As always, thanks so much. Thank you, Tom. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. As prices keep creeping up, your entertainment budget doesn't have to take a hit. Live One Plus has all the music you love, ad-free for only $3.99 per month. Dive into Live One's massive library of songs, listen to curated playlists, or create your own. Check out exclusive artist-hosted stations and do it all for the best price in streaming. Lock in a Live One Plus membership for just $3.99 per month now, and you'll not only beat inflation, you'll get all your favorite music ad-free. Check out liveone.com slash best music for details.